Getting your hump day going with a cup of Crimson Tide on this Wednesday, February the 26th, 2020. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. It's BOL Daybreak. We do it three times per week here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. This one, a Wednesday edition, a lot of topics to get to here on this morning's podcast. Uh, we're going to have, obviously, some men's basketball to discuss with you following Alabama's tough road loss last night at Humphrey Coliseum just over the road there in Starkville, Mississippi. What is it about Starkville this sports calendar year when it comes to injuries to key members of Alabama athletic teams? Tuatanga Vialoa back in November, John Petty now last night going down with that elbow injury in the first half. We'll get into that game. Uh, We'll talk a little bit of women's basketball as well, and then some diamond talk for both Alabama baseball and Alabama softball. Big, big sports weekend. We'll semi-preview here on a Wednesday as we get closer to the weekend. Thankfully, right? Thankfully, getting closer to another weekend. A lot of opportunities, if you're an Alabama fan, to take in some Alabama-related events this weekend. We'll do that with you as well. We'll even get into a little bit of combine talk. Alabama with 10 members from its 2019 team up there at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Some news involving Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Some self-reported news from Tua on Tuesday that sounded pretty good. For the signal caller in terms of his return from that hip injury that again was sustained over there in Starkville, Mississippi. We'll start with hoops, though, and it was a tough one last night. Alabama goes down to Mississippi State by seven on the road. Another gutty effort from this Alabama team. Another situation in which it was put in a scenario where adversity was a big part of the storyline, especially with John Petty going out with seven and a half minutes to go there in the first half in a one-point game at the time, Alabama trailing by just a point. Petty to that point had eight points on three of five shooting. He was two of three from the three-point range. And you knew with Petty going out of the game and what you expected, given the sort of scene that we we saw there, was that uh, he was certainly going to be out for the remainder of last night's game. You know, your underlying hope was that it wasn't going to be something severe enough to keep him out for an extended stretch coming up here. And that's something we won't know more about until later today, I would guess, at the earliest Got to get him back, get some testing done with that right elbow and see where it's at, uh, see what the the outlook is for the the junior guard, the sharpshooter for the Alabama uh, basketball team. So we'll learn more about that as we move throughout uh, Wednesday, perhaps even into Thursday. But you knew at that point that it was going to require more than just a heroic effort from Kyra Lewis Jr. And Kyra gave you that once again on Wednesday night. Uh, When you look at the stat line for Kyra, 29 points on 11 of 9 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3, made all three of his uh, free throw attempts, 7 more rebounds for the point guard, 4 assists, 3 turnovers, uh, but all of that in 38 minutes of action. Jaden Shackelford, at that point, you knew was going to have to really step up his game. He gives you 17, 
Not as efficient as Kyra on Wednesday night. He goes 7 of 18 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. Did have 9 rebounds. Picked up some of that slack that John Petty oftentimes gives his team on the glass. So between those two guys, you got 46 points and 16 rebounds as they both exceeded 35 minutes of playing time in that game on Wednesday night at uh, Mississippi State. But it was going to take even more than just two guys. You know, the last time these two teams met here in Tuscaloosa, a 21-point win for the Crimson Tide back in January, you had five players for Alabama hit double figures. This time around, you had three. And one of those guys, Beetle Bolden, had 10 at the half. And you were really going to need probably a a duplicate-type performance of that first half in the second half from Beetle Bolden or someone else like Alex Reese was going to have to really pick up his offensive game in the final 20 minutes. Neither of those things happened. Bolden finishes with 11 points in the game. Alex Reese, which is five on two of nine shooting, one of six from three-point range for Alex Reese. Alex Reese played 26 minutes on Wednesday night and gave you one rebound. Uh, But here's the thing. You worried about Alabama surviving on the glass against Mississippi State? And that really wasn't a problem. In terms of total rebounds, the two teams were tied dead even at 37. In fact, when you look at offensive rebounding in this game, Alabama had 17 offensive boards Wednesday night compared to just eight for Mississippi State. So second chance points, which you worry about with this Alabama team, given its situation in the front court. Uh, Alabama actually had an edge in second chance points, just by a bucket, but an edge nonetheless. Now, points in the paint, that's where, you know, Reggie Perry, um, Robert Woodard, and uh, the rest of that Mississippi State team, Tyson Carter to an extent as well, the guard uh, for Mississippi State, did some damage in the paint. That wasn't a huge surprise. 42-30 to Mississippi State with the edge there. But you figured Alabama might be able to offset that with three-point shooting. And for a half, or for close to the entirety of the first half, that looked to be the case. There was a stretch there to open the game where Alabama was 8 of 13 from three-point range. Unfortunately for the Crimson Tide, it went on to make just three of its final 19 threes that it got up over the remainder of the game. And then you look at the free throw line. That's an area that's pretty much an indicator for this Alabama team in terms of its uh, success rate and ultimately determining wins and losses. And Alabama in the second half did a much better job than it did in the first half. Credit to both teams, really. Both teams in the first half didn't foul much at all. But in the second half, Alabama got to the free throw line 13 times. Uh, the, The downside of all that was that it only converted seven of those opportunities. Meanwhile, uh, Mississippi State goes 12 of 15 from the free throw line. And without Alabama really able to get much in the way of separation with the three-point shot in that area, Mississippi State only made one three-point shot in the second half. problem for Alabama is it made just three of its 15 attempts there in the second half. So that's kind of the way it played out on the offensive end of things. Um You know, your biggest concern, obviously, moving forward is the status of John Petty. 
you know, there is there there's the, the discussion still about the possibility of, you know, winning out from here. South Carolina comes to Tuscaloosa on Saturday night. Vanderbilt comes to Tuscaloosa midweek next week. And then Alabama goes to Columbia, Missouri uh, the following weekend to wrap up the regular season in SEC play. You saw Joe Lenardi following last night's game. He had Alabama off his bubble watch altogether. There are still opportunities out there for this team, as crazy as that sounds. Now, a missed opportunity last night in terms of value of you know the, the potential wins that are still out there. Mississippi State net ranking somewhere in the mid-50s. So that was an opportunity for a win of value last night, especially on the road. It goes by the board. We'll see what the situation is with John Petty here in the next little bit, as it is Alabama. Now 15-13 and 13 and 7-8 and eight in SEC play. But again, you know, when you look at net rankings and things like that, this is a team that's been hard to kill off altogether. Now, you lose one of these next two home games, and I think you can go ahead and and uh, and call it for this team where the big dance is concerned. But uh, we'll see how Saturday goes with South Carolina, and then if you take care of business there, uh, you, you, you give yourself something to at least play for in the final week of the regular season. Speaking of basketball, I want to congratulate Jordan Lewis, point guard for the women's team at Alabama, SEC Women's Basketball Player of the Week honors for Jordan Lewis after she helped the Crimson Tide to a 2-0 week, wins over Florida midweek, and then last Sunday, a shocker in upsetting ninth-ranked Mississippi State on the road in Starkville for the week. Jordan Lewis averaged 16 and a half points, six rebounds, four and a half assists uh, as Alabama posted its first back-to-back league wins in two years. Get another opportunity tomorrow night, will Christy Curry's team, as it travels to College Station to take on the Aggies, another top 25 team in the Texas A&M Aggies. That game will tip at 6 p.m. tomorrow night on the SEC Network. Let's shift gears, move to the Diamonds. Alabama baseball on Tuesday improved to 8-0 with a 10-5 win over the Skyhawks of UT Martin. Four more extra base hits for this Alabama offense, including the fourth home run of the young season for freshman Owen Diodate. Garrett Rooks was really good out of the pen on Tuesday going three and two-thirds, allowing just one hit, no runs, and he struck out six. And really the bullpen in general on Tuesday, and when you talk midweek baseball at the college level, it's essential uh, that you get a a sort of combined effort from four or five arms uh, in a lot of midweek situations. Alabama got really good bullpen work yesterday in that win over UT Martin. Right back at it this afternoon at the Joe as Middle Tennessee State pays a visit to Tuscaloosa. And it's easy to sort of discount some of these midweek wins as just sort of gimmies, but trust me, they're not. Just ask Mississippi State yesterday about that. Mississippi State, a top 10 team in college baseball, dropped an 8-4 to decision to Texas Southern, a team in TSU, that entered that game at 0-9. So anything can happen in midweek 
baseball, uh, when we're talking college baseball specifically, uh, TSU 0-9 going into that game yesterday at Duty Noble Field had dropped series at New Mexico State, Oklahoma, and Wichita State heading into that one with the Bulldogs. Leads you to the question of who's making the baseball schedule at Texas Southern when you open the season by going to Las Cruces, Norman, and Wichita to get things going. And you follow that up with a midweek at New Mexico State for your 10th straight road game to open the 2020 season. As for Alabama, again, right back to work this afternoon. That's another 3 o'clock first pitch against Middle Tennessee at the Joe. Alabama softball this evening, paying a visit to the Magic City where it will take on UAB with a 6 o'clock first pitch. Alabama coming off a 5-0 weekend in the Easton Bama Bash. Looking ahead to the upcoming weekend, which it's hard not to do when you've got a top 10 team coming to Tuscaloosa in the traditional power. The Arizona Wildcats ranked number seven in the latest polls for college softball. Arizona will match up with Alabama as a part of that Easton Crimson Classic on Friday at 6 o'clock at Road Stadium. And then again on Saturday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you'll have Alabama and Arizona in single games. Also going to have a pretty good McNeese State team coming in here as a part of this Crimson Classic. McNeese State at 14-2 and overall so far this season and a win over Texas A&M among those 14 wins to its credit. So don't overlook McNeese State and UT Arlington as a part of that Easton Crimson Classic. You're going to have really this weekend, if you're an Alabama fan and you're going to be in Tuscaloosa, you're going to have multiple uh, sporting event opportunities between softball, between baseball hosting Harvard this weekend, between gymnastics on Friday night at Coleman Coliseum with Kentucky paying a visit. That's a 7-15 start there for Dana Duckworth's team. Uh, A lot of opportunities this weekend for you. Alabama, South Carolina, as we know, men's basketball on Saturday night. Sunday, you're going to have women's basketball at Coleman Coliseum as Christy Curry's team wraps up the regular season with a visit from the Missouri Tigers. So a ton of opportunity for Alabama fans to check out Crimson Tide teams This weekend. Now, as far as the combine goes, as we wrap up this Wednesday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama online podcast, uh, some good news, some self reported news from Tua Tonga Bialoa up there in Indianapolis on Tuesday. As Tua says, he's on track for a clearance date of March the 9th. That's just a couple of Mondays away, right? So, assuming that is the case, And with the understanding that just because Tua is cleared, if he is cleared on March the 9th, he's not going to go right out and start taking five-step drops and firing rockets, you know, all over the field. Uh, It's going to take a little time, you would think, for Tua to ramp up to anything close to 100% participation rate uh, in terms of how he goes about his business from snap to throw, but... Tua sounds very confident that he's going to be able at some point in that month that follows that clearance date, perhaps in early April, to really give teams a look as far as his ability 
to take a drop, to make throws, uh, and perhaps persuade teams even more that this is a guy, if you're not in those first five or six picks, you're going to need to make a move to get up there if you want to get him. Because you're seeing it more and more on the mocks, too. Mel Kuyper Jr. on his latest big board, if you saw that here in the last day or so. Mel Kuyper Jr. now has, for whatever it's worth, has Tua at the number three overall spot in his top ten. He also has Jerry Judy number seven in that top ten from the Alabama perspective as well. And as it sets up here over the rest of the week, you're going to have Judy and Ruggs, Henry Ruggs the third, going to run those 40s, those highly anticipated 40-yard dashes, uh, and do some on-the-field work. Uh, it, it sounds as if they'll do the on-the-field work. That's going to be Thursday evening. All of this on-the-field work on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this year going to be more in that primetime window to try to maximize the television ratings there on the NFL Network. So you'll have Judy and Ruggs on Thursday. You'll have Jedrick Wills, uh, the junior offensive lineman who came out for Alabama, on Friday. On Saturday, you're going to have outside linebackers, linebackers, and defensive linemen. So that means Anthony Jennings, Terrell Lewis, and Raquan Davis on Saturday. And then on Sunday with the defensive backs, Shaheem Carter, Xavier McKinney, and Trayvon Diggs. So if you're an Alabama fan, each of those four days that you have on the field activities, Alabama going to be represented up there at the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine. That's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of Daybreak. As always, we appreciate you joining us here on the podcast and if you haven't already we'd certainly love for you to subscribe to the built by bama online podcast if you don't mind leave us a rating there maybe a short review would help us out with the old algorithm there with the podcast until friday we thank you again for joining us here on daybreak have a great rest of your week everybody